Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's romance book club. I'm Ellen and joining me as always is my mom. Hi mom, how's it going? It's going good. You're being very emotive tonight. Thank you. <laughs> Today. I well, you know, sometimes I have emotions. Um, today we are chatting about You Had Me at Ola by Alexis Daria. But first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? Okay, well, reading, I will start with, I read the first three books of the Bewitched and Bewildered series. Yeah, we talked about that last time. We st- we talked about the first book, but okay. I hadn't finished them yet. Maybe we had. I think you I think you had read the first and the second, but you hadn't I read. I read the third. Well, yeah. I did the third. Okay, so that happened. Um, that was the thing. They were they were they were cute. It um, it got to where it was kind of a chore to read them. So I was like, okay, I'm done with that. And then I read You Had Me at Ola. So that's what we've been reading. I didn't read anything this week. Um, instead, we watched a lot of Drunk History. We did watch a lot of Drunk Drunk History. That movie, that show is. Freaking hilarious. It is hilarious. However, watching those people drink so much makes me sick to my stomach. Well, and... <laughs> makes some of them sick to their stomachs, Yes, too. it makes some of them very sick to their stomachs. Um, I am, like, kind of ashamed at how much history I've learned from that show. Um, well, and I actually watched one that was based... The story was based on the book that we read, the... Um, Oh, the Extraordinary Union. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When it was the, the story that boat. she had used on that with the... With the Stole the boat and, yeah. and went over to the other side. The other thing that we've been watching a lot of is I Love the 80s, which, <laughs> if you're not familiar, it was a show that was on in the early 2000s. On VH1. On VH1. And it basically it spends an hour going through each year of the 80s. And then there's also an I Love the eight nineties and I Love the 70s, um, which we'll get to, I'm sure. But we've been rewatching I Love the 80s, the follow-up, which was I Love the 80s Strikes Back, and I Love the 80s 3D. Um, and so we've been watching each year in order. So we've been watching... We watched 380s, 381s, yeah. 382s. Yeah. Um, I... Pretty janky copies of it. Yeah, they're on YouTube, so they're like recordings of VHS recordings. <laughs> um, I loved this show. Still love it. So we sit and chuckle. Well, we've been doing a lot of crocheting. So we'll sit and crochet and um, just chuckle while, yeah. we, while we watch it. It's very funny. And I had a friend that I watched it with pretty avidly. And so I've just been texting her and saying, I just keep thinking of you. Because it just reminds me of when we started an 80s club in high school because we were super cool. Um, and were we though? We mainly just did it so we had somewhat of an excuse to wear 80s clothes to, to school. So I was that kid in high school, um, and I tell, we have a friend that she led a much cooler existence in high school, and we tell her stories like this, and she's like, yeah, I don't know if I would have hung out with you guys in high school. I'm like, oh, rude. <laughs> rude. <laughs> well, my husband looked at pictures of me from high school and said, I don't think I would have dated you in high school. It's like, wow, thanks, honey. I love you, too. <laughs> Suck it. In for better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, it's been, it's just been, it's nostalgia upon nostalgia because it's nostalgia for me referring to when I watched it in the early, like when I was in high school, but it's nostalgia talking about the eighties, which I wasn't alive for much of. But was, you're familiar with a lot of I'm the a, pop culture yes, stuff. Yes, I am. Um, anyway, so that's, that's what we've been doing. 
a lot of and crocheting a lot. It's kind of sad when we come on here every week and talk about all the stuff we've been watching. (laughs) We do do other things besides sit and watch TV. Sometimes. (laughs) Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, Today we are chatting about You Had Me at Ola by Alexis Staria, uh, which was released in August and is a nominee for the Goodreads Choice Best Romance of 2020. It is listed as not being part of a series, but I think it's obviously setting up some tie-ins. Yeah. Right. There's definitely. Yeah. I think all the cousins, the, the, well, the three girl, cousins the three, are going to get. The Prima, the, uh, whatever they're called. Um, yes, her and her cousins, definitely. I'm probably not going to edit out the barking. So that was my dog barking. Sorry about that. <laughs> he does do that. So here's the back cover description for You Had Me at Ola. Leading ladies do not end up on tabloid covers. After a messy public breakup, soap opera darling Jasmine Lynn Rodriguez finds her face splashed across the tabloids. When she returns to her hometown of New York City to film the starring role in a bilingual romantic comedy for the number one streaming service in the country, Jasmine figures her new leading lady plan should be easy enough to follow until a casting shakeup pairs her with telenovela hunk Ashton Suarez. Leading ladies don't need a man to be happy. After his last telenovela character was killed off, Ashton is worried his career is dead as well. Joining this new cast as a last-minute addition will give him the chance to show off his acting chops to American audiences and ping the radar of Hollywood casting agents. To make it work, he'll need to generate smoking hot on-screen chemistry with Jasmine. Easier said than done, especially when a disastrous first impression smothers the embers of whatever sexual heat they might have had. Leading ladies do not rebound with their new co-stars. With their careers on the line, Jasmine and Ashton agree to rehearse in private, but the rehearse but rehearsal leads to kissing and kissing leads to a behind the scenes romance worthy of a soap opera. While their on-screen performance improves, the media spotlight on Jasmine soon threatens to destroy her new image and expose Ashton's most closely guarded secret. So mom, what did you think of You Had Me at Ola? I liked it. Okay. I it's not a love. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty tepid on this one. Um there's things that I like about it. Uh but for me in general, I didn't feel much chemistry between them. Um it was much more of a it was telling me that they had chemistry and not showing me and there was a lot of sex but outside of the sex we didn't see a lot of relationship building yeah there wasn't i don't know there wasn't a lot of believable build-up to them having sex in my opinion um and and the whole thing about leading ladies don't wind up on tabloid covers like they do all the time so <laughs> like, i'm not sure where yeah i'm not sure where you're yeah, getting that there's from. a lot of stuff um, about the entertainment industry that I was like, mm, that does not ring true to me and my experience and also just what I observe as someone who like somewhat closely follows a lot of that stuff. Um, and the conflict bugged me and they bugged me in the conflict, but we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, I did like the setting and the premise and I liked some of the mechanics of the storytelling. I really liked how they used the scenes from the show yeah. to kind of show their relationship building. Yeah. 
likewise. Um, okay, so let's get into it. What did you think of Jasmine as our heroine? Jasmine, I liked Jasmine. I got a little, t- I mean, I was a little, it was a little off-putting to me, the whole thing about, I just want someone to love me. I just, I just want someone to love me. It seemed extremely uh, needy and clingy and. Yeah. I mean, like we all, I think, think that to a certain extent and feel that way. But the, f- the fact that like so much of her self-worth was kind of seemed to be well, it made her seem weak to me and then um you know at the end they talked about her going to therapy which i was like good because she needs it they both do <laughs> yeah and they're both going and to therapy, both going therapy. Which is and that's good but you don't see i don't know i didn't see a lot of if that was her thing if that was like what her weakness was she should have overcome like we should have seen her like really overcoming it and like yeah and I never really got that feeling from it. So. Yeah, that, yeah, like the resolution to her yeah, constantly or, needing someone to, like, love her is that she finds a guy who's like, yes, I will love you. constantly love you. And it's like, mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have liked to have seen something where she's just like, screw you, I don't need you, I'm going to be perfectly happy on my own, you know, but we never saw any of that. Yeah. Um, yes. And I felt like, like I said, we're going to talk about the conflict, but throughout, there's a lot that seemed like really irrational and immature reactions to things. And um, just her dating life in general seemed kind of, I mean, I realized that people date their co-stars and you put yourself in situations and stuff and it happens a lot and I think it's because you know they are rehearsing kissing and things like that and but if you're a professional actor and actress it seems like you could do that without falling in love all the time yeah Yeah. and so some of that was a little off-putting to me um I just I don't I didn't really get a good sense of either of them as people they didn't seem like distinct characters to me if that makes sense and it all just kind of starts to I don't know yeah I mean truly I liked her cousins better than her yeah I think so too and (laughs) and so I'm I'm interested in like what if their cousins do get books like what the premise of their books would be and things like that um because they were they seemed like strong you know female role models yeah Yeah. and and she was just kind of you know, it kind of irritated me, some of the... Um, I did like the representation of her as someone who's grown up in this, you know, Latin- yes. Latinx family, and um, she doesn't speak Spanish. I think that's pretty common. It's very common. And, yeah, I know I have some friends who, like, they can understand Spanish, but they can't speak a lick yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Well, I took and... Spanish classes in college and I remember there were, you know, Latino people in the class and I'm like, oh, this is going to be so easy for you. It doesn't seem fair. And it's like, they don't speak Spanish or they speak it, but they don't know like how to conjugate and all that kind of stuff that you learn in a yeah. Spanish class. And just her as someone who also is Filipino and, you know, Puerto Rican and she's got kind of both of that and her family and and that her family is kind of this melting pot and you know i think that's pretty common yeah. especially in new york city new york. where it's just 
a melting pot in general. Yeah, I loved that premise. I loved the setting in New York. Mm-hmm. I I really liked all that. And obviously the writer is probably from New York because she, I, I never read the little author stuff afterwards. Sorry, I probably should because I do a podcast. Yeah. But um, uh, it seems like she knew a lot about the city. It didn't seem like superficial. It seemed like she yeah. knew what she was talking about there. So, um, And I, I, I did think she did a good job of like, um, capturing kind of, and they talk about this, like the community aspect that is so prevalent, I think, oh, yeah. in the Latinx community and just how they, um, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they're very close knit people. And, um, and so I thought she did a good job of, and, and showing how their family is like that and things like that. So I, I, I appreciated like that kind of representation and that aspect to both of their characters. Um, and about specifically her character, because he even says, like, looking at her family, that he wants more of, of that community and things like that. Yeah. And he missed it in his life. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about him. What did you think of Ashton as our hero? I, I liked Ashton. I, like you said, I don't think they gave us enough. Well, it frustrated me, the whole thing with his son. That was frustrating. So not living with his son was pretty off-putting to me yes i'm like he seems swoony and like he's described to be very handsome and i'm on board with all of that you know i am um but his whole thing with his son was was not attractive to me (laughs) and so it i never really warmed to that be, to him as a character because and as a romantic lead well because... it's just weird to me that okay so someone broke in his house i get that and i get that he had a hard time dealing with that i get that but and i get being cautious like obviously right. being cautious of your son's safety but at what cost yeah like, like get an alarm system and <sighs> don't ship him off to puerto rico i mean that just seems plus he's paying for like three different places to live even when he goes to Puerto Rico, he doesn't stay, like, at his dad's place. He's he got an apartment. apartment. And he's got an apartment in Miami. And now he's got a place in New York. And it's like, geez, dude, wouldn't your life be so much simpler well, if you just... Use one of, use the money for one of those three places that you're paying for <laughs> to get a place with some good security. Yeah. Like, I mean... Or pay for a security guard or... Mom, was ta- Mom and I were talking about it. And it's like, yeah, every parent, like, lives in some amount of fear, like, for their children's safety... But for me, like, reading about him, it was frustrating to, like, you don't get that this is worse on him to have you just, like, dropping in and out of his life. in and out of his life. And, you know, he, the kid even says things to him where it's like, I want to come be with you. And it's like, dude, pick up the freaking, you know, he talks about feeling guilt about, He's already been abandoned by his mother. And so now, I mean, this is going to screw this kid up because now his dad just is, you know, comes and goes and isn't. Anyway, yeah, I I had issues with that. And it's like there are, I mean, I don't don't want to cast stones, but there are a lot of freaking celebrities that are bigger than a telenovela star (laughs) that have children in the public eye. And yeah, I'm sure it sucks and they hate it, but they at least seem to recognize that they're well, their yeah, kids. They're <laughs> celebrities that, you know, raise kids all the time in their houses and, and they seem to be okay with it. I don't know. It's I, anyway. I just found I, that was not, it was, 
It was a major turnoff for me. And I wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying it. I mean, I wasn't feeling, there wasn't any description of it that made me go, oh, okay. I, I get it now. No, it just never gelled with me. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. Um, and his aspirations to win an Oscar do not match his utter aversion to publicity. It's just naive to think that you can win an Oscar without playing that game. Or even get big roles without. Yeah. And to be in that business and not realize that. I mean, I wasn't even an actor. I was just in casting. And you're just in that business and you realize like, oh, yeah, everybody's buying freaking Oscars or at least campaigning super hard to get them. Right. And, you know, you have to play the game. Play the game. (laughs) That's part of it. And so that he's got all these grandiose plans, but it thinks he can get away without ever doing an interview is like which she does call him out on by the way yeah and she does very late (laughs) but and it doesn't really and he doesn't seem to like get it yeah she's right yeah (laughs) i don't know (laughs) like that was all just i don't know um okay so let's talk about the soap opera aspect and just kind of that business side of it um what did you think of that you mean there's the show they were doing? Yeah, or? so you mentioned you liked getting the snippets yeah, of the show. Yeah, I did. And I agree with that. I thought it was a fun, um, you know, because I think a lot of times, you know, people, somebody's, they're shooting a movie or something like that, and you don't really get a super good idea of what the movie is about. So it was kind of fun, and it was fun to kind of see their relationship building in the midst of these scenes. Right. And the kind scenes of kind of coincided with things that were going on in their relationship. So I thought that was well well written that way. And, and I enjoyed the scenes and I enjoyed, you know, even, I guess he points out the fact that, you know, really in reality, she is more like his character and he is more like her character and, yeah. and, um, you know, things like that. So, you know, there were, correlations there and i thought it was kind of a fun way to Can I see say that the show seems kind of boring though well we only saw little snippets of it i know but like he does go down on her he does <laughs> like they go from kissing to that so. yeah well you know um yeah like it's described as a rom-com which you know i get on board with but they seem to within the context of the show they're, None of they, it seemed very funny. Well, they, yeah, no, not that. And then, and then they get together really quickly on the show. So I'm like, what is this show about exactly? And then all of a sudden, in the last episode, there's an evil twin brother that shows up. And I was like, <laughs> well, I would have been on board with more of this, like throughout throughout the first some of the season. crazy telenovela stuff. Yeah, um, we were only getting snippets of it though, and and yeah, maybe there's more of that that. I don't, I didn't see any of it. Maybe Carmen's family is like having crazy telenovela exploits. I did like them pointing out though, because I did not realize this, that some of the shows that have been popular were based on telenovelas, like Jane the Virgin and that. I didn't realize. And Ugly Betty. And I did not realize those were based on telenovelas. So, you know, you go telenovelas. Yeah. Listen, I mean, and I'm not. We watch Turkish soap operas. Yeah, I, we I are have not. not. <laughs> and they are pretty bonkers, too. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, so uh, I, I, I wish that the sh- I think that if the show was more bonkers and we got more of a, like, 
read on that. I think that that would have added more kind of fun, to more the, levity to yeah, it, more to the book. Um, yeah, and I, I don't, and I don't even think it's coming from having worked in casting, but there was a lot of stuff about the entertainment. I was having a hard time buying into the fact, no offense, but that the telenovela stars were on the cover of this, like, obviously Us Weekly magazine. That's Janet for Aniston's spot, and you know it. Like, (laughs) I don't... (laughs) Leading ladies don't get on the cover of magazines. Um, No, but I I, I was... That seems... Yeah. I I was having a hard time believing that... I agree, because I... I mean, you and I have purchased many yeah. a magazine in our day. We have, yeah. And um, I haven't seen a lot of telenovela stars. Yeah, and I'm not I averse mean, to it. Yeah. And, um, well, not even a lot of soap opera stars, really. Yeah, that, so, yes, because she's an English soap opera actress, yeah. and he is a telenovela star, and I don't see either of those. I mean, you see those. some of them sometimes, but it's not like, It's know, a blurb in the... Well, Middle. and a soap opera star that was dating a rock star, mm-hmm. I don't think would make that big of a splash for as long as it was, you know, going. Yeah. And it's like, mm. yeah. So I wasn't buying into that. I, I, I know that it exists, but I also, and maybe it's more of a thing now that Me Too is such a big thing, but the whole intimacy coach, I know that that is a thing, but her very active role on set and devoting that much time to rehearsing a kissing scene. I know how those things run. They are time is money, time is money. And I just don't buy into the fact that they would devote that much time to. I'm going to say this and it might make me, I hope we don't lose listeners. I hope I don't seem like a horrible person. This book kind of felt like it was checking squares on being woke yeah. And um and I'm I have no problem with characters, you know. There, well, and like I want representation for all absolutely. these for all these things that they were talking about. But I want it to happen organically so that I'm on board. I, if I feel like a character's been stuck in there just for the purpose of yeah. showing this, then it feels token. Yes. Yeah, there was people Which seems worse to me yeah, than I agree. than um just I don't know. If it happens organically in the story, I'm good with that. But if you're just sticking in a character, you know, with... with... Like, if you're going to make someone trans or um, non-binary or something, have it be the cousin that has a very active role, right. you know, in, like, one of her cousins. Or have it... I mean, there was a lot of the trans character and the non-binary character. Like, the non-binary is just a fleeting mention, and it's it feels like it's just there to say that it's there whereas i don't know it 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 does it feels tokenism to me right and 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 i can't even remember now who it was but someone you know was talking about her wife which is fine and i'm good with that i have no problem with that but it just seemed like it was stuck there it didn't seem and i suppose like i think some of those are like i think some of those are okay because it's just like you're getting you're showing that it's a diverse cast of people that are on this show and things like that but uh, yeah, it, it did feel kind of box checky yeah. um, in in a lot of instances. I don't necessarily think that the intimacy coach was that, but it just on top of those other things, it seemed like more of the same. Um, I just I me 
knowing how these things tend to go, I just really have a hard time believing that they would devote that much time to people who are soap opera stars and are very used to doing a kissing scene. Yeah. Like, that they would... Uh, and and maybe they should devote more time to it, but... And maybe they are now. You know, I've been out of it for a while, but... Um, I don't know. That's that's my two cents on that. Um, okay, let's talk about the conflict and some of the things that are said to each other in the conflict. Well, I can't remember them all. I just remember they were horrible. I remember thinking, wow, how are they going to come back from this? Because they are both saying horrible things. Her saying she won't do a second season of the show seemed so childish yeah. and immature to me. And ridiculous like they've both been talking about how important this show is to their careers and this is their freaking job and she is under contract to do at least three seasons and so she's just like no I'm not gonna do it again I'm not gonna put myself in it's like honey you made this bed yeah like and, and when you, slept you with signed your- <laughs> you signed a contract and then you decided to have this you know fling they keep referring to that's their word not mine yeah um with her co-star and, um, you know, yeah. I mean, how many people have made, you know, ill-advised relationship choices at work, but then still had to go back to work and work with that person? Yeah. I mean, it happens all the time. So put on your big girl panties and move forward. Yeah. So that bugged me. Um, but then him blaming her for the publicity that they got yeah. was also over the top and ridiculous and some one of the listeners makes a comment on this but she seems immature but he is supposed to be older than her and he really seems yeah and he was like nearly 40 and it's like come on can someone be an adult in this thing um and then when they're talking about it and um his son gets injured when they're talking and he's like I should have been with my family instead of talking with you kind of thing it's like yeah I agree you should have been with your family so what's your excuse the other yeah 300 days of the year so (laughs) yeah you're gonna blame her for all the times you weren't with him when he had to go to the emergency room because it happened twice in this book yeah and you didn't want him to come to New York so who knows what what, yeah you know if he was in Puerto Rico what would have happened then whose fault would it have been then Sorry, you guys can, I don't know if you can tell, but I had an issue with that. <laughs> um, yeah, they they really get after each other in that, in that blow up. I mean, we've read a lot of conflicts, and we've read a lot of conflicts that I wasn't happy with. But in this one, I was just, I mean, I was really, literally like, wow, Ooh. you guys are not pulling your punches, and this seems like a difficult thing to overcome. Yeah. Um, I think... I think the resolution is cute, and um, I really like her family. Like we said, I liked all her cousins. I liked her abuela and her abuelo, and um, so, like, getting to see her with her big family and things like that was was fun, Um, and... I'm and I thought it was a nice gesture for him to bring his family and show her that he's trying to and dance with grandma. Yeah, that was cute. Um but it was a lot to come back from. Is what <laughs> it I'll seemed say. easy after what they'd said to each other. Yeah. I think she she does an okay job of showing that both of them are thinking back on right, that conversation and realizing like, okay, so 
maybe he had a point there. Okay, maybe she had a point there. And maybe I was being a bit ridiculous. Um, so, you know, it's somewhat acceptable. And I, I agree with what you said earlier. I wish that we could have seen more of them kind of learning from their behaviors and things like yeah. that rather than just getting it mentioned in the epilogue that they're both going to therapy, which yeah. I think is important, <laughs> especially for those two. And this is honestly, like every now and then I read a romance novel and I think, and this is one of those where I think, I don't know if these two are going to make it. <laughs> yeah. Especially, it's a hard business to like have yeah. a like healthy relationship in, obviously. And if you do follow Us Weekly, um, you can tell that from those articles. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about sex, baby. I should have figured out how to say that in Spanish and sung in Spanish. That By the way, this book was really testing my high school Spanish skills. <laughs> I took, you know, four semesters of it in college, and I still was like, oh. And I used to have to try to drag out phrases for parent-teacher conferences. Yeah. <laughs> no bueno. <laughs> <laughs> Muy, Muy malo. malo. Muy malo. To, Preguntas? To, to mijo. Muy malo. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it did push us on the... Yeah. Okay. So but that's fine. I And I liked the kind of... And they, she did do... Because we have read books where it's like, it's got a different language in there and there's like no, no references to what that means and... Yeah. Um, she did do a pretty good job most of the time. Of, yeah. And of, I, I, I thought like an adequate... I mean... The if she didn't, it was an easy enough phrase where I was like, okay, yeah, I know, I see what's going on, yeah. <laughs> or uh, or she would, you know, kind of talk about her thoughts, and so within her thoughts, you can tell what that was said just by yeah. And I, honestly, I liked that better than translating, yeah, translating every, every yeah, exactly. phrase that was said. And and I do think it was authentic to both of them as bilingual, yeah. You know, or well, she was for her bilingual. less bilingual. Um, okay, so sex. Let's talk about it. There was sex. <laughs> there was sex. Uh, thoughts. Um, first of all, this book is Team C-O-M-E. Yeah, not C-U-M. Yeah, which is always interesting to us for some reason. <laughs> we even talked about this with uh, Ryan and Kristen about the difference. Ryan's Just like, the other night, we were discussing Yeah, and Ryan's this. like, it's C-U-M. I'm like, yeah, we thought so too, but <laughs> apparently people spell it C-O-M-E. So that's just a weird thing. So there's maybe, that. Maybe it depends on if you're L.A. or New York. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe. <laughs> it's regional. It's regional dialect. A regional dialect. Um, um, of course, California is probably trashy. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty sexy. Yeah. Um, like you said, I didn't I didn't feel the buildup to the sex. It's yeah. like, no, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. Okay, I can. Well, because I... N- never really got a sense of the like chemistry between them the sex scenes when they came along were just kind of like okay i guess this is happening now <laughs> yeah well and and then um yeah so the whole and the first time there was no penetration and it's and um which there usually isn't in the first time let's be honest that's usually how these books go well or she gets it and he doesn't so that's usually a thing well pen- but like when i'm saying penetration i mean penis in vagina got it okay. i know what that means i know what that, i understand well, <laughs> i've read enough of these books that i know what it means so i'm saying usually the first scene is yeah it's her or, or her getting hers yeah. and him not yeah so which he got his though and too. he did get his and you know god By bless him doing some bumping and grinding <laughs> um but 
yeah, it, and it was funny to me that she didn't follow up on that. I mean, it just seemed like a, you know, are you just, is this just a thing for you? Or I just seemed like a, que- a follow-up it? question. Do you have a it? micro-penis? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's going on? I don't think, they never do, Ellen. <laughs> Come on. You've read romance. I want to read a romance novel about a guy with a micro-penis. Do you really? Mm, yeah, just to see how it works. They're, like, they're probably out there. Go find one, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Some weird backdoor romance novel. <laughs> Oh, a backdoor romance. That's another that's another genre entirely. <laughs> there was a phase where my roommate and our neighbor and I we got really fascinated with micro penises and we talked a lot about them. And we talked a Jeez, lot about you brought up wrong. <laughs> we talked a lot about what we would do if we were dating a guy who had a micro penis, like how we would Yeah, it was a it was a very in-depth conversation. To the point that when the neighbor got married, I texted her. Like, I hadn't talked to her in a while. I texted her and I was like, how's how's it going on the micropenis front? She's like, everything's a <laughs> Does that mean that she's just good with the micropenis? Or it does that mean that she doesn't have a micropenis? I didn't penis? inquire. <laughs> Jeez, I'll, now you're never going to know. I know, now I'll never know. Um, anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> From um, micropenis. No, it was, <laughs> it was fine. It just seemed like i don't know there should have been a follow-up question on that one it just seemed like a thing i agree um this yeah so the scenes were pretty hot but again i just didn't care all that much if i'm being honest um so yeah that's that's where the the mirror scene was pretty hot yeah just sex scenes with mirrors are because um, as Who Catherine, that was your thing. As Catherine pointed out, uh, only when it's us also had sex with a mirror, and so it's apparently a thing in 2020. <laughs> mirror sex. Everybody's just in their houses and you know, up against mirrors. And I was good with mirror sex back when I was. I don't want to hear about that. You don't hear about this? No, but I really it, don't. It hasn't been a thing for us for a long time, so <laughs> which is a good thing because neither one of us like want to see what this all looks like. <laughs> <laughs> talk about being off-putting. But <laughs> I want to talk more about it, Ellen. So no, just I don't. Strap think. yourself in. <laughs> I don't want to hear any more about your experiences with mirrors. Um, what was your swooniest moment? Oh, I forgot all about it. See, when it's a book that you know, doesn't drive me nuts, I mean, when it's a book that kind of has things that bug me, I forget about this. Um... Spooniest moment. I have one, and you better not steal it. I'm sure I won't. Um, probably one of my spooniest moments was um, when she meets his son for the first time, and she's all sweet with him and cute, and and, um, and he's all into it. He, and he's and he keeps referring to her as the pretty lady. Yeah. Um, my spooniest moment was when they danced to Whitney Houston in the grocery store. Oh, that was very cute. I thought that was pretty cute. That was very cute. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, okay, so... And the karaoke was cute, like them doing karaoke. Yeah, that was cute. Um, okay, so we're going to take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we'll hear what some of you thought of Hagni at Ola, so stay with us. Hi, No Yomos, Ellen here with another recommendation for you, and another cowboy recommendation to boot. 
See what I did there? Because they wear boots. Anyway, this time I'm coming to you with a book from an author that we've actually covered on the show before, Rebecca Weatherspoon. And if a modern Western Cinderella retelling sounds up your alley as it is mine, then this just might be the book for you. The book is If the Boot Fits, and it is the second outing in her Cowboys of California series. Take a listen to this description and you can try, I dare you, to not have this ring some hot spots for you. Working as the personal assistant to one of Hollywood's cruelest divas has left Amanda Queen more determined than ever to sell her screenplay and gain her independence. In the meantime, she'll settle for a temporary escape. When her employer is felled by the flu on Hollywood's biggest night of the year, Amanda gets her glam on, struts out the door, and parties with the glitterati. But she never expects to come face-to-face and closer-than-close, ayo, with one of the hottest stars in the game. Following up his first Oscar win with a steamy after-hours romp with an enigmatic woman seems like the perfect way for actor Sam Pleasant to celebrate until she suddenly disappears. Worse, she's vanished with the wrong swag bag, the one containing his Oscar statue, leaving Sam even more intrigued about the beauty's identity and wondering if a repeat performance of their amazing night is in the stars. And when a second chance encounter happens, only a trip to Sam's family ranch and revealing the whole not always glamorous truth about themselves will give them a chance to turn one magical night into forever. So you've got Hollywood, small town ranch, mistaken identities, and fairy tale retelling all in one book. So join me in checking out If the Boot Fits by Rebecca Weatherspoon out now. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. I also should have figured out what that is in Spanish. Yeah, man, you really dropped the ball. (laughs) I know, I'm sorry. Um... They probably have that commercial in Spanish somewhere. You oh, yeah. I should have looked it up. Okay. Um, so, we have a few announcements. Um, Mom, we have the winners for the Trope Challenge of September and October. September was Teachers and Governesses, if I'm oh. remembering correctly. And October was Paranormal. Um, so, Mom... Who is the winner for September? The winner for September is Catherine Maria. Yay, Catherine. Congratulations. Woohoo, girl. Jessica will be in contact to get you your prize. And for October? For October, our winner is our friend Jen Sweet. Jen Sweet, guest of the show. Yes, she was Um, on one of our episodes. Congratulations to Jen. Um, and then we wanted to announce that for the December prize, um, for the trope challenge, mom and I are going to take that on. So it's going to be, uh, I think I know what we're going to do. It should be a pretty cool prize. I don't want to commit to it in case it doesn't work out. (laughs) Um, but if you want to get some swag from me and mom, make sure you follow the December trope challenge and, you know. What is, what is the December Trump Challenge? It's got to be uh, holiday books or she something, told, right? uh, She told me. And Santa I Claus. Santa Claus romance. Santa Claus erotica. Yeah. <laughs> I'm if sure. you read Santa Claus erotica, you can enter the Trump Challenge. <laughs> and I'm just making that executive decision. We don't know what the theme is, but 
you get double prizes. Yeah. Um, Dollar gr- entries. And gross. But um, <laughs> I bet it's out there, though, because... Everything is, and nothing surprises me. Um, and I also wanted to mention that we have the free-for-all coming up at the end of the month. Um, so be thinking about what book you want to do your little book report on and get those into us. We're going to ask that they're around under under or around five minutes-ish um, just so that we can get everybody in and have it. Like two to five minutes. Is... Yeah. Just however, whatever in that range you want to do. <laughs> um, and so be thinking about what book you want to talk about and be thinking about getting those audio files into us because I thought that that was really fun last time and I know a lot of you did as well. So we want to make that another great episode. Um, And then the other thing I want to mention is that coming up this week, we are announcing our winter reading list. So stay tuned for that and, you know, get your library holds ready or your Kindle carts or whatever. Get those requests in. Yeah, get them, get them going. <laughs> it's going to be a race. <laughs> so many listeners that yes. it becomes cutthroat. <laughs> um, so yeah, so those are our announcements. And um, we will see you for our next break, break segment where I get to sing my jingle. Welcome back. So now we get to hear from some of you on what you thought of You Had Me at Ola. So first we have Tiernan who says, I waited so long and patiently for this book to come out. It was hyped so much, but I was so disappointed. I didn't get their chemistry. I really appreciated the author's diligence in trying to be inclusive and representative, but it was forced. It didn't flow. Kind of like we were mentioning. I liked the main characters' stories as separate stories, but their romance didn't work for me. I adored their families. Her technical skills as a writer were great, and I will give her other books a shot. But unfortunately, this book fell flat for me. Sad face. Um, yeah, I think that's about where I kind of fell as well. Um, Cassie says, I'm torn on this one. I really liked a lot of things about this story. I liked Jasmine. I liked the glimpse behind the scenes of a telenovela, and I liked their families. But Ashton was a letdown. He seemed a lot younger than he was supposed to be, and I hated how everyone handled him uh, keeping his son a secret from Jasmine. Both Ashton and and Michelle seemed to gaslight Jasmine into thinking it wasn't a big deal, but it definitely was. I get that he had his reasons, but it's still a huge red flag if a romantic partner hides a child. I was glad he finally apologized for it in the end, but it still rubbed me the wrong way. I think I would read other books by this author, but I didn't love this one. Yeah, what did, what did you think of the keeping his son a secret and, like, where do you fall on that? I'm with her, too, because if you're – and they kept saying this is more than just sex. I mean, they they both admitted to that. Yeah. And so that has relationship things. And if you're in a relationship with someone, you need to know if they've got a kid at home. Yeah, and it's pretty – I mean, I would – and maybe it would have been a little bit more palatable if it ever crossed his mind. Like, I, I really need to – tell her at this point in the relationship and it did like right before she found out about it so it's like no it needs to come to your mind a little earlier than that yeah um yeah so i i understood her being angry i thought she needed to hear him out a little bit more than she did just because it is a kid and like 
everybody's got their, and he obviously has, like, freaking weird issues with having a kid. Um, if I'm being tell honest. Us, tell us how you feel. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Um, so, you know, I think she, she could have handled hearing him out better, but I agree that she had every right to be upset about it. Right. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's okay. fair. Um, Catherine says, I found a lot of elements of this book relatable. Not having a Spanish word for side dish, we used lados, which literally means side, like the edge of something. A workplace where everyone is English-Spanish bilingual, but people's proficiency and comfort in both vary. I find the way that plays out to be super realistic. And the three cousins all being different races. That's my experience, but I've never seen it in media before. The vibe of the TV show they are on reminds me a lot of a next... Netflix show called Gentified. I imagine it's like that backstage of Gentified, maybe even including all the Domino's games. Um, yeah, I've seen trailers for that, but I've never watched it. And I appreciate hearing her. Yeah, for sure. And post. I I agree. I, I liked I liked those it too. components I of did it. Too. And that's really and it's what was redeeming. Definitely a, um, you know, a setting that we've never had before. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, I appreciated all of yeah. that and i like hearing Catherine's uh take on it take on it yeah um katie says three she took a snippet of her goodreads review three stars this book started off strong and then fizzled at the end for me i think i kind of agree with that well their meet cute was yeah. cute and fun and yeah i agree it and then you know the relationship building and then it just kind of was because it starts off there's a lot more fun to be had in the beginning and then Towards the end, they're just kind of like a shit show. Yeah. In terms of communication and character development and yeah. Yeah. And how they handle things, all that. Um, Amy says, it's been a few months since I read this book. It must not have left much of an impression on me because I barely remember much about it. I do know that I didn't hate it, but I also didn't love it. Alexandra says, I'll admit that the gorgeous cover drew me to this book. It does have yeah. a gorgeous cover. Um, but holy cow, it was so much fun to read. I loved the premise and the characters so much. The book switching back and forth between the show and real life, was, as well as dual POV, made this book feel really well-rounded. I loved Jasmine and her goals to improve her career and image. I loved her soft heart and young spirit. Jasmine's family was delightful, and it was so telling that they featured in her thoughts even when they weren't together, how important they are to hear her. As someone who suffers from anxiety, I could relate to Ashton's character. His drive to take care of his family and improve his craft were very compelling. I thought that the chemistry between the characters, while a little bit slow burn, was really, really steamy. I enjoyed the angst and the reluctance they had to be together. The steamy scenes were very steamy. I also enjoyed their dual language conversations in terms of endearment. I won't give any spoilers, but I also liked the mini twist at the ending of the book. Overall, this was a great book, very fun, but also important in terms of repre representation and conversations about representation. This won't be my last Alexis Daria book. I don't know what the twist was. I'm not sure what the twist was either. You'll have to let us know, Alexandra. Um, yeah, I obviously don't agree with all of that, um, just based on what I've already said, but I definitely like the representation and yes, the conversations about representation. And I agree that there needs to be more of that in, in media and things like that. Um, 
and you touch on a lot of things that I like about it. Right. But I just think that there were things that I did not like that overwhelmed those things that I did like. I would agree. Okay. Um, Elizabeth says, like many others, I loved the cover of this book and I had such high hopes for it based on the premise. I was expecting telenovela level drama, passion and craziness, but unfortunately it just didn't deliver on those fronts. I thought the characters were just too boring and nice. Uh, there wasn't enough tension for me to be really invested in the story. The meat cute with the spilled coffee was great, but it was mostly downhill from there in terms of fun, exciting moments. And I definitely agree with that. Yeah, because now that I'm thinking about it, and there was her getting the crazy clothes that she had to wear to their first meeting, and, I mean, all that was funny and fun yeah. and entertaining, and then it just, like, yeah, went flat. And I also, like, hearing the premise of this telenovela, you know, you think about Jane the Virgin, which right. this book itself compares it to, itself to a lot, and all the publicity for it, you know, but that show is kind of cuckoo bananas in a lot very of cuckoo bananas. <laughs> in a lot of its plot points and so i was expecting i mean like he has a secret child but in this context it just ends up being kind of more frustrating than yeah. like fun and and dramatic and over the top right and so i would have liked to have seen more of it in the show they were doing yes that's why i said that I... did you say that <laughs> did you <laughs> Yes. Um, but, um, you know. And I think that even if the show had it, you know, crazy over the top, that they could have gotten away with the pr- the premise between them not having a right. bunch of it. You know, or even call out the kind of humor of the fact that he is a secret child and he's a telenovela star. Yeah. Like, come on, that's kind of funny. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, Jessica says, I loved, loved, loved this book. It was a five star for me. And I tagged Alexis Daria on IG and begged for every single cousin to get a book, even the already married ones. They could be marriage in trouble or widowers or second marriages. Yeah, those are things. Um, she says, and I want a (laughs) cookbook based on all food mentioned. I mean, I'm always down for that. Um, I wish I had done a proper review when I read it for the September challenge because now specifics have escaped me, but I know I loved it. Also, according to my Insta post, the author's note made me cry. I no longer have any recollection of this. That was just over a month ago. 2020 is crazy, y'all. Um, she does mention, like, dedicating it to Puerto Rico and all the, you know, craziness that they've had to put up with recently. Um, so maybe that was it. Um... Sarah says, yay, I got my library hold early so I can participate with the discussions again. Sarah, always glad to hear it. Um, She says, first of all, the cover is gorgeous. Yes. The beginning was a super cute comedy of errors with the iced coffee spill and the tourist shop outfit. Also, I I like that it was noted that it was iced coffee and not like scalding her skin. (laughs) (laughs) Coffee. Um... Sarah continues, I enjoyed the crazy family members, and I do love an uptight hero. I enjoyed the parallel storylines with the main characters and the roles they are playing, although I did find the switches from Jasmine and Ashton to their telenovela characters abrupt and confusing at times. I wonder if maybe it was because I listened to the audiobook. That's possible. I could see that, because they did italicize, like, when they were thinking as themselves, it would be italicized. And so it probably, and it didn't happen terribly often, but... um, But if you were listening to it, you wouldn't have seen the italics. I agree. Uh, She says, overall, I enjoyed the story. It was a like rather than a love for me. Um, 
Deanna says, I read this in August, which in 2020 time means 500 years ago. <laughs> this has been the weirdest year in terms of timing. Like, I cannot believe that it's already November. Yeah. It's insane. But then also, it feels like forever since COVID started. <laughs> so, it's crazy. Um, so, she said, so not remembering specifics. I liked the characters, but not sure I was totally on board with their relationship. I liked that it was kind of a role reversal, that he was the one with past trauma instead of the female. Yeah. But going uh, so far as to hide your child's total existence <laughs> seems very extreme and a hard thing to come back from in a relationship. Yeah. Um, Raquel says, lengthy post alert, including, including spoilers. I enjoyed this book so, so much. Overall, such a fun read. Some of the highlights for me, one, I loved both of their families, especially the cousins. The primas of power were awesome and the party in the end with the grandma meeting her idol was a great scene. Loved all that. Uh, two, I liked the depiction of working on television, including the fame, privacy, tabloids aspect of it. I even liked that in the epilogue, Jasmine finally meets her nemesis, Kitty Sanchez, and their short dialogue. Um, yeah. I like that, too. Because I liked that, Because we too. like it when, you know, women aren't, like, against each other. Catty and you. Yeah. Uh, number three, I for once thought that Jasmine and Ashton had great chemistry. Their scenes were so full of tension in the slow, burny part of the story and then the actual sexy scenes. Ay, Dios mío. So steamy. Um, I don't agree with that one as much, but that's fine. Uh, four, this book had so many memorable moments. Jasmine dancing in the grocery store to Whitney Houston and Ashton singing, singing Live in La Vida Loca at the karaoke. I was a huge Ricky Martin fan in my teenage years and I loved every single word of that scene. Get me a guy that rocks Ricky Martin at karaoke. Yeah, that was all fun. Uh, she said, five, don't at me, but I kind of get why it was so hard for Ashton to talk about his son with Jasmine or with anyone for that matter. Although I do think that the conflict was rushed, I appreciated that Jasmine was able to put things in perspective and I really liked what the epilogue mentioned that they are both working on their issues with mental health professionals. Um, I also liked that. I, I won't at you, Raquel, <laughs> but... Um, I can understand not introducing someone to your son for a long time into relationship. That makes sense to me. But even on a first date, I think it's important to say, and I got a kid and be like, okay. And the person can then make decisions on how they feel about it. Well, I think most of us are in agreement that we don't love the whole trope of a secret baby. And that's pretty much what this is, is a secret yeah. baby trope. Secret and baby who's eight, nine years old. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, it's, yeah, it, it just seems like something that should have come up sooner. Yeah. Um, number six, I also liked that it was a happy for now and not an HEA. Would it be too much to ask for a sequel or a series with the cousins that gives us gl glimpses of Jasmine and Ashton? Yeah, I definitely get a happy for now vibe from this one. Just saying. Um, and then number seven, I loved the representation of Latinos and diversity throughout this book done in such a realistic and respectful way. Aside from Christina Lauren's Unhoneymooners, I think this was the first romance novel I've read where one of the main characters is Latin. I hope to, I get to read more stories with this much diversity. As a bonus, as a native Spanish speaker and overall grammar freak, I was so thankful that this book got almost all the Spanish grammar and spelling correct. Um, we read an Angelina M. Lopez, and I think we liked that a pretty good deal. And there was which one was that? The, <laughs> the Vineyard. Oh yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think Lush Money was what yeah. it was called. Um, and we liked that one. But he was from Spain, wasn't he? I don't remember. I don't either. But anyway. She's a Latina yeah. author. And, yes. Yes. Um, but I did like that representation in this yeah, book. I, I mean, I'm not a... No. Yeah. I want to make it very clear that yeah. we are on board with all that. We, are, we would love to read, you know. Yeah. Any and all. Yeah. Um, and then Raquel fin- finishes with um, number eight, I would totally watch Carmen in Charge. Netflix needs to make this happen. Um, it's Streamflix. <laughs> By the way, our my grandpa, mom's dad, comes over and he always calls it, because like all he does is watch things on Netflix all day. That's like all he does, especially right now. Um, and he calls it Netflix. Netflix. And no matter how many times we say it's Netflix, it's always Netflix. Netflix. So he's, that he's a very old man. <laughs> he's a very he's a very old man <laughs> and very set in his ways. Yes, and he likes to watch the Netflix. The Netflix. Um. Anyway, I'm. Listen, I'm glad that a few of you are loving this book. Yeah, that's great. Obviously, it's got an audience, and I think that's great. Um, Allison says, I have to say, I really didn't like this book. So, you know, opposite. <laughs> um, it was a slog for me to get through. As others have said, the main characters didn't seem to have any chemistry. I kept picturing a greasy haired older guy leering at a woman who never seemed to act her age. And why would someone go into acting if they don't want attention? It's part of the job. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. And honestly, working with some actors, I did not, I did not buy into it. Um... Elizabeth said, I read this a few months ago and loved it. Uh, a massive five stars for me. I'm a sucker for an adorable cinnamon roll hero who would do anything to protect his son. I also loved how sweet Jasmine was and her cousins were amazing. This book was so hot and sexy. Their chemistry was off the charts. Also, I just have to add that I think that book cover has to be the most beautiful cover I've ever seen. Totally agree. I think it's like the cover of 2020. Yeah. I, I do love the cover. Yeah. Um, obviously, I don't agree with the lengths that he goes to to protect his son, but that's fine. Um, Jess says, I liked this book. I liked how the TV episodes were worked in as chapters. I thought this was so unique and really showed how the relationship between Jasmine and Ashton was developing. I also liked the telenovela-like elements, secret son, a past stalker, a cheating ex-boyfriend, family drama, etc. Oh, and can we talk about how about how gorgeous and awesome the illustrated cover is. (laughs) The main thing stopping this from being a love for me was the lack of communication between Jasmine and Ashton, who were in their 30s, and the conflict driving them apart. So overall, a like, but not a love for me. I can get on board with that. Um, And then finally, Aieda said, though I didn't connect with the main characters, the setting and the representation made me all happy and mushy. It was a really well done job in showing the dynamics of dealing with different cultural and generational backgrounds at the same time. Bonus points for mentioning all the absurd tropes we make fun of in telenovelas, but secretly enjoy watching. Yeah, I do enjoy watching them, and that's why I wanted more of it. I was yeah. on board for, like, it to just go crazy over the top. Um, so, yeah. So, a bit of a mixed bag on what everybody thought. Um, well, and as always, I liked the book. I mean, yeah. it, I liked it. Okay. It was um, just not a love, and we've, you know talked ad nauseum about the thing. I always feel bad because I feel like we just talk and talk and talk about the things that we didn't like. Yeah. But, you know, there were things about the story that I liked. And um, I really liked, you know, all the culture that we were able to read about. And, um, you know, I, I liked all that. And I would like to have more of that. 
but I just... And I'm not even writing off, like, any of her books, because I would even read about the cousins and things like that. Yeah, I did really like the cousins. Yeah. Um, I just felt like this one fell a little short, and, and honestly, maybe part of it was because I was excited to read this one. Yeah. Um, I just, I just don't think I got exactly what I was expecting to get. Yeah. It's where it fell short for me. Um, okay, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on You Had Me at Ola by Alexis Daria. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are at Not Your Mom's Rom, or our subreddit, Not Your Mom's subreddit, or you can email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you'd like to just a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On November 16th, we are chatting about Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're so welcome, Ellen. Adios. Bye. Oh, I see what you did there. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.